Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a bottoms-up Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Normally I'd be chattering about minor league games now, but COVID-19 stopped that. Nonetheless, players are developing, and that development will catapult the Cubs past the Cardinals and Brewers, or watch them sink below the Pirates and Reds, or some combination thereof. The podcast is about examining what I consider a value, and your calls to the contest line are always welcomed. Today's podcast, Ed Howard, really? And I'll try to make it worth your time investment. The draft is on June 10th and 11th, five rounds long. I finally have the dates starting to get committed to memory. 10th and 11th, 10th and 11th, 10th and 11th. First round is on the 10th, and the second through fifth rounds are on the 11th. And, wow, get, getting, getting three guys of the five to be useful is going to be really telling. If they don't, Cubs will be in trouble. If they do get three to be useful, they'll be fine. And the first question is, who will they take at 16? My short list is three names long. I could go with a completely lengthy list. There's a whole bunch of guys I enjoy, a whole bunch of guys that wouldn't be on my short list if I put together a short list, but if they hit, if they strike, they're going to be really good. I name I'll use is Carmen Majinski, M-L-O-D-Z-I-N-S-K-I. How else would you pronounce M-L-O-D-Z-I-N-S-K-I than Majinski? How else would you possibly pronounce it? Um... He's a pitcher from South Carolina that I had just started to take a take. I had just started to take a shine to when baseball was done for the year. I was really looking forward to a couple more outings of his, particularly against SEC competition. Maybe him against Georgia, him against Florida, him against LSU. All of those games would have been very educational, very entertaining. And I, I would have known so much more about the draft, which is coming up on the 10th and the 11th, if I had those games to watch. But there were only four weeks of games, and the games that were going to be the key conference games never happened. So you get a guy like a Carmen Majinski, a right-hander, who uh, he had a non arm injury. It was like a foot injury, a leg injury. I think it was a broken foot last year, so he missed a whole bunch of time because he couldn't pitch, but it wasn't his arm. It was his foot. So uh, this year he was kind of, hmm, you might want to keep an eye on this guy. And all of a sudden he, uh, two of his, uh, three of his four outings were really good. I caught one that I don't specifically remember how he did, but I do remember thinking, this guy could be very interesting down the line. So you get a guy like a Carmen Majinski or a Bryce Jarvis from Duke, who's a lefty that... Andy Pettit? I'll toss that name off along those lines. Like he doesn't really throw that hard, but he gets out. 
guys that I'm not going to I'm not going to have them on my short list, but if it ends up being one of those two guys, they're fine. They're perfectly fine. But when I'm putting together my list, I want hitters. Cubs haven't gotten pitching figured out. I know that. You know that. And if they bring in another pitcher, well, maybe the new guys will be able to get it figured out. But still, they'll need hitter. They need bats. They need bats. Um, the offense in Myrtle Beach last year was pretty much a tire fire. And the offense in Tennessee was um, uh, was wasn't, was not much better. It, unless you're going to include um, Nico Horner and Robel Garcia, who were there for a while and moved up. Cubs just don't have any hitters. They just don't. As long as Jason Hayward is the Cubs' best right fielder, that's a problem. That's a big problem. So I really do want the Cubs to draft a hitter. I want them to draft three of five bats as opposed to two of five bats or one of five bats. And I want one of the early bats to be an outfielder that can play right field. So my, my three-person list is Garrett Mitchell from UCLA, who, the, among the downsides, is he's a uh, type 1, di he has type 1 diabetes, as did Ron Santo, except treating diabetes is a whole lot easier now, a whole lot less mystifying than it was back in the 60s and 70s, so... I, I I don't think there's a whole... Uh, off the field, it's the diabetes. On the field, he has power in batting practice, but it hasn't translated to games. Some of that could be his games are in... have been in Jackie Robinson Stadium in Los Angeles, and the ball carries there almost as well as it did in the Astrodome. So he, he wasn't getting a whole lot of benefit from the park. And one of my side things I've been doing this summer, I've been playing a lot of dice baseball, stratomatic baseball. I talked about it back a while ago, a couple of podcasts ago. But if you're in a park where power is tamped down, I'm going to use the word retarded because in this instance, I think it's an applicable word. When you can't hit a home run very well in the park in the home park that you're playing in, if you just can't do it because of the park, well, consider that because you're not asking who's the best player at 19 years old or 21 years old. You want the guy who's going to be really good at 23, 24, 25. And Mitchell, coming out of high school, was a four-tool guy. He could hit. He could run. He could throw. He could hit for power. The only thing he couldn't do was... Uh, no, the only thing he couldn't do was throw. He could do all the other stuff, but they were talking about how his arm is just bad. 
Well, now he's a junior. He's going to be drafted soon, and he's perfectly capable of playing right field if he can't play center field. And he can run like a center fielder and play right field like a right fielder and play center field like a center fielder. So defense shouldn't be a problem with Mitchell. It's uh, will the power be there? Will the offense be there? Um, So my three-person list is Garrett Mitchell. The second name is Austin Hendrick, an outfielder from a high school in Pennsylvania. And my third name, which is the one that this podcast is about, despite the fact I'm eight minutes in, I haven't really talked about him, Ed Howard. Ed Howard is a 6'2", shortstop from Mount Carmel High School in Chicago, Illinois. Now, depending upon how much you've been paying attention to the draft, and even more importantly in this instance, the international signing deadline, July 1st this year instead of July 2nd. I'm still going to call them J2 guys, even though even though it's going to be J1 July 1st. Uh, they just keep trying to confuse me. I don't know why you're going to move it a day. Why don't you just... Whatever. But um, the Cubs are lined up to get Christian Hernandez a shortstop for $3.5 million. And... A very astute question would be, well, if they already are lined up to get Christian Hernandez for $3.5 million to play shortstop, why would the Cubs also select Ed Howard, a shortstop, who's also quite young? Valid question. Especially since I'm driving the bus of the Cubs really need a right fielder. I think Howard might be a Theo Epstein play. Epstein, let's turn the clock back to Kyle Schwarber. 2014, Kyle Schwarber sold himself to the Cubs. The Cubs did not have to select Kyle Schwarber. There were other names that made more sense. I wanted Austin Nola. Austin Nola, Aaron Nola, the pitcher for the Phillies. Nola for the Phillies, the guy, the pitcher. I wouldn't have minded uh, Gordon, who ended up in the Twins organization. I was not thinking Schwarber. I was not expecting Schwarber. I didn't really prefer Schwarber. And until I saw him hit two home runs in a game live in Beloit, I didn't want Schwarber. When I saw the two home runs in Beloit, and the second one hasn't landed yet, I was good with Schwarber. But um, Schwarber sold himself to the Cubs on his, oh, I, I, I'm going to butcher the line, but um, oh, I should probably look it up, but I'm not going to. Schwarber, what, there were people who didn't think Schwarber would be able to be a catcher. Eventually, after a knee injury, it turns out that was a correct assessment, but you never know injury history to come. No, you don't know future injuries on draft day. Start there. You don't know. You can't know if a pitcher blows out his rotator cuff. If he, you know, if something goes wrong, you just don't know that. You didn't know that Hayden Simpson was going to get um, 
mononucleosis and then double down and mess up his arm because he didn't want to miss time the next year. You, do, you don't know that. Schwarber sold himself to the Cubs with his, I love it when I hear people say, I can't catch because it pisses me off, or something like that. I think I, I think I sanitized it, but um, Schwarber loved to hear the naysayers because they drove him. Naysayers drove Kyle Schwarber, and that internal drive is what pushed the Cubs into selecting him fourth. So, what does Schwarber's internal drive and Ed Howard have... I thought Ed Howard was going to go to the White Sox. I really did. I really, really, really did. It made all the sense in the world. Howard in February, March was 10th, 11th. He was, he was there. He was going to be coming off the board right about the time that the White Sox would be drafting. And he made all the sense in the world to go to the White Sox. Without, oh, what's, what's, um, I'm going to use the term dog whistle. That's not right because dog whistle has a whole lot of negative connotations. But without anyone saying Ed Howard is a White Sox fan, I gathered completely that Ed Howard is a White Sox fan. And that's cool. And if the White Sox were going to sign Ed Howard, who was a, um, African American from Chicago and, would fit perfectly well in with uh, what building. He'd fit in quite well with that team. Tim Anderson and Eloy Jimenez and Abreu. And I think they're getting Jorge, Jorge Colas, a Cuban, in the, on July 1st. So, yeah, there, there's a whole lot. Tim Howard would have... Ed Howard, correction. Ed Howard would have made a lot of sense to the White Sox. I thought he was going to go there, but over the last two months, a guy who was 10th or 11th is now all of a sudden on the board at 16 probably, and people are asking me, would you actually take Tim Howard at 16? Yeah! Heck yeah! If you have... Two shortstops in Hernandez and Howard. One of them should work. One of them should get it done. It's very, if you have a capable front office developing talent and you have, both of them should be able to stick defensively at short. Both of them should be able to hit defensively at short. The difference is Howard is a little better defensively. Hernandez is a little bit better offensively. But they're way closer than... All things considered, if you can get two shortstops, one of them ought to get it done. Now, they won't be able to replace Javier Baez if Javier Baez is gone in two years. They're not going to be able to do that. But when you're drafting a first-round pick, a guy at 16, what you're looking at is 
is he going to be a three three wins above player in seasons, preferably more than one season, in his pre-arbitration years? Is he going to walk in and kick butt and take names? If he's not going to do that, you don't want him. If he is going to do that, you want him. And the positionality is less important than you think. If you have um, Howard and he walks in and starts beating up the, I'm going to say Midwest League level. I don't know how that's going to end up being next year, but I'm going to say the Midwest League level because how it, wherever the teams are playing, it's still going to be the Midwest League level. Uh, Midwest League, South Atlantic League, you, you have the guys who should go to A ball. And regardless how it ends up playing out, uh, Ed Howard, if he's the guy, well, whoever he's the guy for, he should be the shortstop at the Midwest level, Midwest League level team in 2021, if there is a 2021 in the minor leagues. Ed Howard, he'll be the guy. And in the international case, Christian Hernandez will be the guy, presumably in extended spring training, when he gets the chance, with the caveat of will there be one or two teams? We don't know that. So um, if you have two useful shortstops, both of whom are very young, oh, but... Isn't that putting all your eggs in one basket? Aren't you blocking someone? No, you're not blocking someone. If Ed Howard can play shortstop and Christian Hernandez can play shortstop, guess what? One of them can play third base or second base or right field or center field or somewhere. Shortstops are flexible. The reason the Cubs like to draft shortstops especially shortstops who are pot committed to getting better, kind of like, oh, Gleyber Torres and Eloy Jimenez were pot committed to getting better. That kind of worked out kind of well. If you draft a shortstop who's getting better, you can move him. Not not trade him, move him. Oh, Gleyber Torres was what? No, Gleyber Torres was going to be playing in... Myrtle Beach until it was time to go to Tennessee if he was still with the Cubs. Then he was going to be in Tennessee until it was time to go to Iowa. And then when it was time to go to major leagues, he all of a sudden that um, Addison Russell being a little punk wouldn't have been such a bad problem now, would it have been? Um, well, well, not for the team. Not as bad for the team. He's still, you know, you, you have a person who you were banking on to be a good quality citizen, upstanding, and he turns out to be a um, a problem, then, yeah, it wouldn't have been good like that. But as far as talent developing, it's really difficult to have too many really good shortstops because really good shortstops, you can move one of them to third, you can move one of them to second. Now, if the Cubs do go at Howard... Yeah, it would still be a problem that the Cubs still don't have anything coming up that looks like 
a valid major league starting right fielder. And that's a problem. There are five rounds in the draft. There are other names. And we'll see how it ends up playing out. But if it comes, as it comes down to the three, I, I've ta- I, uh, I talked about Dylan Dingler a while back. Uh, could be a catcher, could be a center fielder. The bat should play. It's just a question of where will he be able to play. Um, I comped him to possibly a Dale Murphy type of player. Uh, who was it that Kylie mentioned him as a comp too? It was a good comp too. Gosh darn it. But uh, no, Ed Howard as 16th, 16th pick in the draft would make perfect sense, particularly if Theo buys him. It's really easy. Well, I, I guess it's rather easy now to hop on Zoom and talk to a player. I don't know if that's even legal now. Manfred's, you know, never mind. But um, it would be very easy for Theo Epstein to talk not only to Ed Howard, but his family and his, you know, people in his neighborhood, his ex-girlfriends or his current girlfriend or whoever would be necessary to talk to to find out, is this guy actually going to put in the work? Because if Ed Howard's going to put in the work, I'm completely good with him. Completely good with him. If it turns out that, eh, well, I don't know, the Cubs don't necessarily buy that his bat's going to get better or whatever, whatever, whatever. Maybe they really preferred Austin Hendrick and he might fall. It sounds like a lot of teams are leaning toward college guys because they want... Teams just didn't see the high, the high school players nearly as much as they wanted. So with that being the case, they're leaning a lot more toward the guys who they're more familiar with, the guys from college. And I understand it. I get it. It, it makes sense. Um, so players like Garrett Mitchell might be gone. He, he'd make a whole lot of sense. There are a whole bunch of guys that are college guys that might be going early because teams sound like they want college guys because they've, they're just that much more familiar with them. If that's the case, maybe an Austin Hendrick falls and very possibly an Ed Howard falls. At some point, teams have to, don't have to, they ought to. At some point, teams ought to. Teams are best off saying, I'm very happy with the players that we have now. At some point, they may not be available anymore, and it would be best to have someone or someone's, plural, to prepare to replace them with. And Ed Howard would be wonderful. He would be a very good story in Chicago. Chicago kid playing for the... Chicago organization. Um, Ed Howard, I'd be good with him. I'd be good with him. Uh, not sure on, not sure how long the bat will take to develop, but uh, if you double down with two shortstops, Christian Hernandez and Ed Howard, oh, that'd be fine. That would be absolutely fine. Uh, they'd still need a right fielder. 
And boy, this is sounding a whole lot like the NFL draft, and it shouldn't. It should be about going out to get the best available talent. But the Cubs are, have been so negligent, so negligent on drafting bats, on drafting hitters, that they really have to get about doing that. Not that they can stand to afford to um, let the pitching go to waste, but they need to still be getting those guys. But when you have a Braylon Marquez, uh, Adbert Alzale, uh, you know, there are guys that could be in the pipeline, the um, the double AA, A, triple A level. There are some names that could figure it out and could figure it out and pitching don't necessarily go together, don't necessarily brim you with confidence. But um, Ed Howard, really? Yeah. Uh, I, I'd be totally fine with the guy who was sitting 10th or 11th in February. Completely good with that. He has done nothing the last three or four months that I can possibly imagine that would negatively impact his ability to play baseball in four years. There's a, I haven't heard he broke his leg. I haven't heard he has a major case of you know, some illness. He's fine. He's fine. What ends up happening is when the draft gets closer and the draft gets closer, you want players to be getting better. And when there are no games, it's really tough to get better. Ed Howard hasn't had games for anybody to see him play against. He hasn't played against anybody. He hasn't had games. So how can he get better? Um, he'll be fine. 6'2", 185. That's pretty good for size for a shortstop, isn't it? Contest line. Call the contest line. Ask me questions. Um, I, I will go through a couple more names in the draft. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about... Um, Austin Hendrick a bit because uh, he's also on my list. But I only have three names on my list. Garrett Mitchell, I think I've talked about him enough. Ed Howard has been the subject today. I'll talk about Austin Hendrick, maybe a couple other guys. If there's a guy on the list, how about this? Find a list of potential draft picks. Fangraphs has a good one. Baseball, Baseball America has a good one. Um... D1 Baseball, they have one. Uh, Fangraphs. Mason McRae on Twitter is fantastic. Find a dude that you want to know about. Tell me more about Carmen Mollison. Majinski, yeah. Uh, Tell me about Bryce Jarvis. Tell me about... Tell me who you want me to tell you about. And I'll do that. Because um, I I don't want to have a... Uh, 25 minute discussion on a player that nobody cares about because a lot of people aren't going to care about a player in regards to the Cubs unless the Cubs draft him. So, uh, but no, look, look at one of the lists. Find a guy who, wow, this guy seems interesting. I should ask about him. Call the contest line. And with that, I'm going to cut out and you have a great day and be nice to people.